The Persian and the poet. The Persian and the poet. Upon approaching a dead person in a hospice, stop breathing, share their breathlessness, walk slowly, move slowly, anything at speed splinters and blurs. Watch the curtains. Listen for whispers. Be ready for miracles. If this is a true loved one, place a fresh bouquet of sobs and tears on their chest. If this is a distant relative or even a stranger, a single long-stemmed sigh will do. Perhaps imagine this person sitting at a kitchen table laughing. Surely this happened once, if not many, many times. Smile, but don't make jokes. Cry, but don't wail. Talk to their face as if their mind is still there. It might be. Talk to their body as if you hold their identity in your words. Maybe you do. But remember, whatever happens, it's probably okay. Because in this space, group hugs, weeping uncles and mascara smears are all in the realm of normal. On this fence line between life and death, there's never a comfortable place to sit. Take a breath. Keep breathing. You share the air of their last breath. نفس مکش تو هم شریک آن واپسین دم باش با هستگی گام بردار و به کندی حرکت که در شتاب همه چیز متلاشی می شود خیره به پرده های آویخته به گوش باش نجوایی را موجزه ای شاید بازگشتی باشد اگر نازنی نیست نزدیک حقهق عشقهایت را چون خرمنی از گل بر سینش بیفشان ورنه ساق گلی از بلند آهی در داگین بس 
تجسم کن او را که نشسته بود پای سفره و میخندید اگر نگویم بارها که دست کم برای یک بار بیمزاه تبسم کن و بدون شیون عشق بریز با صورت بی جانش حرف بزن گویی که هنوز جان دارد کسی چه میداند با پیکر سردش گفتگو کن گویی که هنوز گرمای وجودش بر کلامت جاری است کسی چه میداند اما به یاد داشته باش هرچه شود در این حجم حزنالود آغوش های دست جمعی خیشان و ریمل های ماسیده زنان یحتمل ملالی نیست که همه چیز در گستری روزمرگی است بر این حسار خط میان زندگی و مرگ هرگز مهنایی برای سکنا نیست نفس تازه کن نفس بکش تو شریک آن واپسین دمی two experiences of being with someone that's passed away mm-hmm. you'll feel so separated but yet there was that sense of like I'm sharing the air their last air that yeah. it was a that was a beautiful thing you know and it was actually nearly a tangible thing you know so yeah but I think it's so special you could capture it and you can see it and you can mm-hmm. feel it because okay. so many of us we just see it we just ignore it and we don't even want to think about that but mm-hmm. it's beautiful that why this poem is beautiful because it comes from a sensitive person it's a person who can feel and who can understand and can touch things not just like okay all right yeah. i'll take that good on yeah. you writing this poem about death and when you seeing someone dying mm. is it can be a cultural thing and mm. i was thinking you know um, i think for me as you know after translating the few poems of you at least like i think now i'm in maybe 10 or 12 poems mm-hmm. i think translating in in one language to another actually when you do po- poem is really hard <laughs> translating poem is really hard because mm. you know um, each of poem mm. formed in um, kind of um, it's so le- related to the uh, language and it's so related to literary tradition yeah but literary even idiom tradition. do you know do you know what and, i mean yeah, the, exactly. the idiom the little the unique little sayings that everyone knows that's right mm. and it's all of those stuff actually mm. it's all um 
you have to be it depends on like when you're living and uh, you mm. know mm. you know what i mean well actually i know this week you started translating one of my other poems but yeah. yet you came across one of these things of like um that a cloud always have a, has a silver lining and and that's sort of the the poem is based around that concept that that in some ways cliche that every cloud has a silver lining, but yet because you don't have that in Farsi, it's really hard to create the poem. That's right. Re- in some ways, you have to totally recreate it, and it wasn't working. So it was yeah. like so. I think that's speaking to that. But yeah, I, but I, I think with with this poem, like obviously, I think it hit you at a, a moment where you're feeling death. You know, like when yeah. you're feeling. The gravity of loss and I think that poem maybe captures something or maybe some of the reverence of life that I know that well you've talked to me about sometimes either with the west towards the Middle East or even within the Middle East there's not a reverence to life um would, mm. would that be true that's right yeah, yeah and, absolutely and, and I it makes me really upset it makes me mm, really sad because mm. Um, mm. I don't know. It's just like, you know, this is yeah. life and this is what's happening in the world. But, yeah. you know, even this poem is so related for, you know, the situation we are living in. You know, yeah. don't look at us. It's so many people, they lost their loved ones during COVID. And, yeah. you know, just put yourself in that situation, what's happening. I know we are in kind of freedom in Melbourne, in, mm. uh, in Australia. We are so lucky. We have a, yeah. like, they really take care of us. And mm. uh, But, mm. you know, in so many countries, people dying every day, thousands of people, thousands of people dying every day. Mm. And, um, yeah. Just but I think even when I think about this, I mean, this is, I mean, of course I wrote this poem from my experience. And so mm. I, I've been... I've been at the death of two people. So the, the partners of uh, t- two of my partners lost a parent um, uh, when I was with them. So I was I've seen two people pass away, and uh, and but yet they were, I mean, they're very difficult times, but also they were quite beautiful. Whereas I'm so aware that some people's death is not beautiful, you know, and there's not the reverence that, you know, I've been able to experience as well. So absolutely. And I I did like writing this poem about such a sensitive moment. I really was like, you know, like nervous, like trying to write this poem. Like, I'm just like, can I even do this? What can I do? What can I say? But I just thought, well, I've got my experience. We all have different experiences, but Mm. you know, I wanted to try and capture this, this moment, you know, and Um, not everyone will relate to this sort of thing, but yet I, I hope it captures some universal truths or something. I think so. you did. Uh, um, I, was, I, d- I was thinking while mm. when I was translating because actually culturally when you, mm. when you <laughs> it's the reaction oh, in yeah. Middle East and in Western culture is oh, different. Oh, it's totally to, opposite. Yeah, actually they are not as slow. They are not <laughs> calm down. This is just the beginning. So that's, uh, <laughs> what do you call that? Like, yeah, so like in the morning, like you know, women will really mourn in a really over-the-top way. Is that is that true? Does that happen uh, yeah, in Iranian it's, culture? Actually, like, I I'm really hoping in new generation we don't do that. And I think like my generation is, you know, it depends when where do you live in Iran. But mm. it's really but it's something cultural, not just in Iran in Middle East. So, so which when, like you have to kill yourself and you have to scream and you have to just cry and really? you have to tell everybody how sad you are. Which is actually mentally is really good for you because you express <laughs> your feelings as nothing. Yeah, just, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, and it's wow. it's good, but it's not good for others. I remember when my really? one of wow. my grandmas passed away. It was like crazy, and wow. that was really overwhelming because I'm like, I don't like it. It's just it's so stressful. Let me to just like cry by myself. And oh, wow. and another thing, I realized that wow. like crying is a part of like you know sometimes if you be like close like family member of that person who passed away mm. and don't cry or don't show don't express your feeling and crying mm. it doesn't sounds nice because yeah. they're saying oh maybe she's not she's not actually sad or something yeah, like that wow. and um, mm. so which is which is yeah and they try actually if even they don't want to cry to cry to you know to really just socially to <laughs> display yeah wow. i'm so sad but it's, <laughs> it's such a yeah i think mm. i went to the funeral here in australia once and right. i was so surprised i'm like what are you doing a scream <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no that's not our culture at all yeah, I know. like i love it i, I mean, really like it because i personally i don't want i just want if i Oh, yeah, if you're is, grieving, it's it's a yeah. You want to like, spend the time with that person, just mm, you know, say goodbye and be quiet, people, and don't mm, do anything. And it's just mm. such a mess. I don't like it. I always used to hate it. <laughs> really, from wow. the from the childhood because oh, it was stressful wow. and scary actually. So as a child, wow, yeah, wow. It's really interesting hearing about your response to some of the big, noisy Middle Eastern um, <laughs> funerals. But I know that you went to an earthquake scene and you saw dead people there um yeah that was um, actually my first interaction kind of yeah yeah. do you want to just talk briefly about what your experience was like how you ended up there and what it was like being in this place where you were surrounded by death yeah sure i can't remember exactly what year was but i think between 2003 2004 five or even before i don't know Mm -hmm. but uh, what happened in one of the small town towns but ancient towns in iran an earthquake happened and uh, so i was um, i just finished uni and i was like crazy with photography and documentary photography and i just like I said goodbye to my mom, my mom and dad, and said I'm gonna go for photography there. And they are uh, yeah, like they, to take photos to of take the earthquake photo, and people exactly. And yeah. that was like maybe a day after earthquake, and that was so so dangerous because it still was happening. But wow. anyway, I don't go to the details. But um, it, it, you know, this experience was is re- still really precious for me because mm. you know when I went there. The, the the city was crazy totally crazy the first like the bodies just everywhere and the mm. smell was crazy and mm. my uh, the first time i saw a dead body and i'm like should i have a look and i'm like okay you're gonna take a photo anyway and i went and ha- i had a look at that face of women who was dead and it's just you know but for me the most thing i learned from that experience mm. was how as a human being we get used to it quickly I was there for like maybe five or four days and Mm -hmm. maybe the second day Mm -hmm. it became really normal for me. And I was sitting next to the people. They were like crying, dying and and I was eating food because I was hungry. And (laughs) that's, you know, we are just like I get used to it. And I was thinking, no, I'm going to die if I see that that body. Really? Yeah. It's just that was really, really hard. But. I really still, I'm really glad I had that yeah, so experience. You, you were glad you went? I what, totally, what, I'm so glad because I learned was, a lot. Yeah, what was the big takeaway for you? Like, what did you learn from doing that? 
The first thing, because the independency and... Oh, yeah, as in just being independent woman, uh, going and doing what you yeah, want? Yeah, and that that was such a really dangerous thing to do. Well, so right, okay. that was crazy, and I was, I'm so happy So you were independent, that. but reckless. Yeah, <laughs> and without, like, my dad, like, I'm not going to talk to you anymore oh, if you go. And I'm like, okay, see you later. Oh, wow. And so you were properly rebellious. Yeah, like, I was. I was yeah. crazy. Um, I think I was Because it was, then. but it was, it was a dangerous thing to do, to go yeah, into it. Yeah, it was dangerous. It was a disaster zone. Yeah. Um... And yeah, it was a dangerous thing to do. Yeah, in mm. so many ways, it it was dangerous. You could they, mm. you could easily like raped or something even. Mm. Not just like you yeah, know, not yeah, that's right. It wow. was it was dangerous. I was with friends anyway, but um, wow, yeah. But a part of that, yeah, seeing the this like mm. naked this without anything. Yeah, and wow. I remember wow. when we back to Tehran, the capital city of Iran, and mm. we were smoking in the. Um, in the like we yeah we were smoking and the guy came to us and like you cannot smoke here and after a few seconds he looked at us and said did you come from Bam hmm. and we said yes and said keep it smoking <laughs> <laughs> really? it happened yeah keep it smoking you're wow. fine <laughs> wow gee wow well thank you for sharing. But we've got one more poem to do tonight, and you'll have to tell me about this poet because I don't know anything about this poet. Like, you basically, sure. you just said, Do you like this poem? And I was like, Yeah, okay. So tell me who this poet is. This poet, his name is um, Nima Yushic. Nima Yushic is uh, actually a father of contemporary poetry in Iran. So, All right. okay. So uh, we share about contemporary poets in Iran, and mm-hmm. which is Farooq, Sohrab. Uh, week before and mm. um, they all like it's everything the contemporary and modern poetry in Iran started from this guy and which oh. he was started I think like kind of 60 years ago and um, yes but so mm, when when was he writing then so was he writing in the 60s or 70s or 80s or something when was he writing Oh, 60 years ago. When was so th- that? Is that when he was born or when was he writing? No, he was, he was born there and he started writing, I think, after like was 20 years or something. Okay. So we're yeah. talking... Okay, we're talking pre-revolution? Oh, it was definitely before revolution. Okay, yeah. okay. So yeah. pre-revolution. Yes. Okay. Okay, well, cool. Well, um, should we do the poem? So you, you do the original Farsi and then I'll do the translation. That's right. می تراود محتاب می درخشد شبتاب نیست یک دم شکنت خواب به چشم کسولیک قم این خفته چند خواب در چشم ترم می شکند نگران با من استاد سهر صبح می خواهد از من که از مبارک دم او آورم این قوم به جان باخته را بلکه خبر در جگر خاری لیکن از ره این سفرم می شکند نازوکارای تن ساق گلی که به جانش کشتم و به جان دادم شاب ای دریقا به برم می شکند دست ها می سایم تا دری بخشایم به عبس می پایم 
که به در کس آید در دیوار به هم ریختشان بر سرم میشنید میتاود محتاب میدرخشد شبتاب مانده پایا از راه دراز بر دم دهکد مردی تنها کونه بارش بر دوش دست او بر در میگوید با خود غم این خفته چند خواب در چشم ترم میشکند The moon beams The glow worm glows Sleep is seldom ruined But worry over this heedless lot Ruins sleep in my tearful eyes Dawn stands worried at my side. Morning urges me to announce its rival to the lot. Alas, a thorn inside stops me in my tracks. A delicate rose stem, which I planted with my hands and watered with my life. Its thorns break inside me. I fumble about to open a door uselessly expecting someone to meet. A jumble of walls and doors crumbles over my head. The moon beams, the glowworm glows, blisters marking a distant road. Standing before the village, a single man, knapsack on his back, hand on the knocker, murmurs, worry over this lot. Ruins sleep in my tearful eyes. Really, I've only just read this, so I'm uh-huh. I'm still just getting used to this poem. What um, I don't know what makes this an, an Iranian poem. What maybe am I not seeing from my Western perspective? I think actually, is it. For me, it's, it's, it's universal, this poem. It's mm. not, like, so cultural. And okay. that's actually, I, I think this is the, this is a thing with, um, the, with um, what did you call it? Verse, oh. verse poetry? Like, we call free it... Free verse? Free verse. Blank verse. Blank verse poetry. Mm-hmm. Because, um, and this guy, when he started doing this, it was so ages ago. So, mm. But, uh, you know, basically in Farsi, we have with poems, we have... Uh, bait, which is uh, a like stanza, stands, stand, stanza. Yeah. Okay, so bait so, is a stanza. Yeah, mm-hmm. we call it bait. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, in traditionally in Farsi poetry, in Persian poetry, mm. um, that was so rhythmic, and the okay. rhyme was really a big well, that's, part. I remember of with the uh, Khayyam with and also Rumi, Rumi, very rhymed. Like rhyme was yeah. just like and, rhyme and meter. So, Do you know what I mean yeah. by meter? Yeah. And we have mm. we have a different kind of, uh, mm. I mean, the form of poems in Farsi, like Masnavi, mm. Ghazal, mm-hmm. uh, Rubai, which is Khayyam, like right heaps of Rubai, and yeah. um, but they all kind of they they have rhymes. Hmm. And what happened um, when when Nemo came, he messed up everything. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, he actually started to express just himself because he find out um, mm. it, this is actually something not just in from Iran. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, when people moved from the classic poetry to mm. the new po- uh, poetry, mm. they realized that this is the new way to expressing ourselves. And that's 
for Nima, that wasn't enough. That that rhyme wasn't enough to express mm. himself. Mm-hmm. He need more lines. He need more more space space what, to expressing yeah. himself. And well, start the other doing big that. thing, like so, in in the Western tradition, they basically moved away from meter as a structure, and they they sought more the innate musicality of language. So mm-hmm. they found that the melody in every sentence and were, were actually composing with the music of a sentence rather than using in some ways the strict rhythm yeah, that's um, right. of Absolutely. the more traditional poems. Yeah, which so. is, I think it's still like for, especially this small poem, I don't know for those people, non, non-Farsi speakers, mm. it's still like kind of, it's, it's, it still has got rhyme in it, in Farsi. Oh, you know, okay. When I was it, sharing, oh, did so you realise that? I, it's kind I, of, I it's can not, hear a little bit, I think, yes. Yeah, okay. because... You know, he was mm. like in the beginning of doing this. He was the only person who was doing this right. totally, so like messing up yeah, and everything. Yeah. So in so, some ways, it's nearly like like a what they might call a missing link. So it's it's the space between classic and then moving towards completely free verse. So yeah. there's still a little bit of rhyme, maybe a little bit of the traditional style. Is Absolutely, that, yeah. Okay. And took him mm. like thirty, maybe thirty five, thirty eight years to mm. to just do it. And then he opened the road for other poets to come and yeah. um, so, express it. So I know, you, I mean, you said that this is a universal poem, but what what is this poem about for you? The loneliness. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the main thing is loneliness mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. looking for, like, to go away from them loneliness mm. and I, which is a really yeah, universal thing but mm. um, actually because he was from north of iran and he's mm-hmm. actually he because in north they yeah, speak um, same language but they have accent mm. and um, yeah right yeah so he he has got a few poems in his accent which sometimes uh, like i cannot i cannot understand i'm from oh, tehran i really? cannot understand that oh, interesting. yeah oh. so i mean you know sometimes he actually um you can see in his poetry he just uh, pointing the things maybe is really cultural mm. and from north and oh, you really? cannot understand and interesting yeah and it mm. uh, but in this poem why i'm saying this one is universal because mm. he doesn't have any it's not uh, what we would call like regional or provincial. Exactly, so, that's right. Mm, I was looking for it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and also, I mean, I notice here, I mean, it's called Moonlight. And of course, Moonbeams is a feature thing. So it seems as though like the moon is such a classic emblem of beauty in poetry. Or is it even in the language of Farsi? Like yeah. what does the moon mean to the the Persian people. Moon actually, it's, it's interesting because moon in uh, Iran. I mean, in, mm. uh, in, in yeah, for Farsis before us is yeah. is a is a symbol of beauty. And before I go through this, I think I, I remember you yeah. telling me that there's phrases about comparing someone to the moon. So it's yeah. like nearly like the emblem of beauty. Yeah, moon is, that... is always a symbol of beauty. When we're gonna mm. say, oh, this person is beautiful, we say. She's like a moon. You oh, know? really? That's the phrase. Yeah, yeah. she's mm. like a moon because the moon mm. is so beautiful, mm. and uh, mm. and you know the the, the way she's he's playing with the symbols and uh-huh. that's a new thing in the Farsi language because oh, really? that was before kind of metaphors, not symbolism, in the way he's using that. Oh. 
Okay. You know, the metaphors wow. was there ab- absolutely, but the symbolism I think is something Nemo kind of started to bring it in the Farsi language oh. and classic poetry, Iranian poetry, the uh, the base, the the poems, mm-hmm. the part of poems they were short and mm-hmm. they were exactly in the same order kind of. Mm-hmm. But what he did, he just pushed the boundaries and uh, we can see the Um, links of the um, sentences All is right. longer uh-huh. and yeah. uh, and because he found it I'm gonna express myself I don't care about like mm. I have to be like in the box and just yeah. follow this kind of a structure I want to do what I want mm. to express myself and yeah wow yeah That's it. That's about Nemo. But it's so interesting because Mm. he's a father of modern poetry. Mm. And he Mm. did like the main job up in the road. And, you know, Mm. it's it's beautiful. And Mm. yeah. And Yush, which is his family name, is his last name is Yushich. Yushich. Which is from Yush. Mm -hmm. Yush is the name of this place. And his place, his house basically now in Iran, back in Iran, is... Is a kind of a museum people can go and see. And yeah, well, yeah, they keep everything yeah. there. And well, that's going to be happening to my house, of course. You know, this little unit in Bayswater will become a shrine for all those poets. <laughs> all these yeah. Iranians will be going. Is this where they filmed the Persian is that and the, the poet? Simmons? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, that was cute. So we better finish up. Thank you to those people that have come in live. Uh, We super appreciate it. It's so nice to have that little live audience. And we've been pretty chatty here tonight. Um, We'll be doing the next one in two weeks' time. And, um, look, I wasn't recording at the start for the podcast, so we need to do another introduction. So can you fill me up with wine? And then you need to do another, like, welcome to the Persian the Poet, okay? No worries. (laughs) But that will also be our farewell. So uh, anyway. So I'm going to do it, but this is the end. This is the end. Thank you so much for watching us and Mm. the people after this listening to us from our podcast. Mm. This is the Persian and the Poet. Salamati. Salamati. Okay, well, have a good night, everyone, and thanks for popping in. So, yeah, take uh, care and have a great night. Merci, Komadin. Mi busnetun. Shabbat kubidashtavashin. Good night. Mm. We love you.